May we see it. Let's pray. Dear God, we want to see your supernatural. We want to see your miracles. Help us see it. Help us experience it. And help us express it and share it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Morning, everybody, again. So I don't know how many of you are familiar with this drink that I have here. It's called mate. In Argentina, when you go to a friend's house, the first question they will ask you is, should I prepare the water? Because that means that if they're preparing the water, that you're staying for at least over an hour. Because this is small for what we usually have for water. This is an individual one. So a communal one is even bigger. So when a friend says, should I prepare the water, it's already two things. One is asking you if you are staying for a little longer. Or it also means that that friend is ready for you to stay with him or her for a little longer. So another beautiful thing about mate, and if you Google it, is that it's a communal thing. So not every, so it's very likely that every Argentinian will have one. Um, it's usually smaller. Uh, but what you will see is usually a group of people, and probably you will see only one or two of those. Doesn't mean that only one or two people drink it. It just goes around. And everybody shares the same straw. Ew. But when you grow up with that, you, you don't feel like, ew. There are some people that you're like, ew. But not in general. It's, it's a communal thing. And, and usually when I teach it to youth, I like when I, and I talk about communion, I like to talk about mate. Because we all drink from the same cup, from the same water. It's a communal thing. And for many of, of us, especially when we were in college, that was some of the we had was some of the happiest memories ever, because we spent time with people that we loved, and nobody was able to take that away from us. The moments that we knew that we were sharing mate was the moment that we knew that nothing will interrupt what we were doing. We're gonna share this time. We're gonna be present here. We're going nowhere, except to the bathroom, because there's a lot of water. So you had to, to release a little bit of that. But thinking about those memories and thinking about those friends, to me, it was joyful. To me, it was heaven on earth. That was what I could say was my first experience of heaven on earth. What? Many people don't understand, probably, when you leave 
your home country, you may experience that if you left your city, uh, is that you may miss your family, but you may miss the family that you choose to be family with. That family that just went with you through a lot of terrible stuff that, or difficulties. That, those, that family that helped you to go through a lot of joy, joy, they celebrated with you joyful times. That was heaven on earth. And once I figured that out, I realized that heaven on earth equals joy. And that joy can happen everywhere. So if you have to ask yourself, when do you experience heaven on earth? Let's see, I'm going to just throw the question there. When have you experienced heaven on earth? It's not rhetorical, you can shout. Have you ever experienced heaven on earth? Have you ever experienced that moment when you say, who, this is it. I want this time to last forever. Have any of you had that moment? Hiking in the mountains. mountains. Why? Beauty. Somebody else? Birth of a child. child. It's going to sound like a dumb question, but why? (laughs) Miracle of life. Anybody else? Wedding day. Are you sure? <laughs> you make big points. Well, so, but why? Why was a joyful day for you? Hey, it was kind of the culmination of the, uh, you know, getting to know each other and dating. And, you know, it was a day we looked forward to. Yeah, I like it. So joy, it's unexpected. Joy... We don't pursue joy, we experience joy. We don't seek for joy, joy happens to us. We pursue happiness, but joy happens to us. And we need to be able to see that joy in our life. And heaven on earth, and and I'm going to go a little bit bit over that um, in a minute, scripture-wise. Heaven on earth is something that mostly happens in community. Now, you might have your long times where you need to recharge and, and reconnect with God and reset yourself to figure out things out. But the reality is that human beings, we experience life not alone, but we experience it with people. Things are more beautiful when you experience it with other people that you love. Like, for example, Ronnie loves mountains, and, and a couple of years ago we went uh, camping through Patagonia Mountains for um, almost a week. We walked 90 kilometers, so we were mostly walking and only stopping to sleep. And it was one of the most beautiful things I ever experienced, but it was beautiful, not only because I, uh, my wife was there, but two of our closest friends were there doing that camping with us. And they were suffering. They don't even, so they're doctors. They have never played sports. 
And they, they were walking for 10 to 11 hours a day, and they were dying. But every, mo- every night when we stopped and we were cooking spaghetti, because that's pretty much what you, the light weight you can carry, we just shared life in a way that I cannot explain. Before we, we take that trip, I told, I told Ronnie, I'm like, what I'm worried about is if on the second day I'm going to be tired of them. I don't know if I'm going to handle listening to the same story over and over again. Because um, we, we have known them for, for many years, but now we're spending seven weeks with them, walking through the mountains. It was one of the best experiences ever. And heaven on earth, that joyful experience, also happens in the midst of misery. Heaven is present too. But it happens in community. So, but before I keep digging into that, something that we need to realize is that hell on earth also happens within a community. So heaven on earth happens within a community. Hell on earth also happens within a community. Even if it's unintentional or not, even if we think like the purpose of the things that we're doing are godly, it could be as hellish as it comes. Let's talk a little bit about how a community that just, a group of people that just express hell on earth kind of like looked like. Let me read these passages for you. Matthew 22. Then they sent some Pharisees and Herodians to him in order to trap him in a statement. This was a group of people that were plotting to catch Jesus. Doing something. A group of people that their sole purpose of what they were doing was to just trap somebody. In this case, Jesus. Luke 20. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be righteous in order that they might catch him in some statement so that they could deliver him to the rule and the authority of the governor. Again, we have a group of people. In this case, are the Pharisees. These case are the authorities of um, the Jewish leaders. That they thought that they were doing a godly thing, but the whole purpose of them gathering was just plotting, hurting. Luke 20. And while all the people were listening, he said to the disciples, Jesus said, Be aware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and love respectful greetings in the marketplaces and chief seats in the synagogues and places of honor and banquets, banquets who devour widows' houses and for appearance's sake offer long, prayers, offer long prayers. These will receive great condemnation. So Jesus is warning us about becoming part of a group of people that six pain and destruction. Luke 6 says, the scribes and the Pharisees were watching him closely closely, to see if he healed on Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. So it came to a point that doesn't matter if what Jesus was doing was good. This group was seeking for him to stop. So this will be 
what hell on earth kind of looks like. When we're part of a group of people, if, if, if the community that you gather with talks and designs actions that will be hurtful, it's definitely not heaven on earth. A heavenly community will look a little bit like this. Everyone around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles. All, and all the believers live in wonderful harmony. Holding everything in common. They sold whatever they own and pulled their resources so that each person's needs was met. They follow a daily discipline of worshiping in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praise God. People in general lacked what they saw. Every day their numbers grew as God added those who were saved. This is what heaven on earth looks like. It says that, it says that from the outside, everybody liked what they were saying. All these people were living in harmony. They were sharing what they had. Nobody was in need. At any point, the writer of Acts says how this community were plotting against each other. Actually, there was a moment where they were arguing against each other because the Hellenists, those who did not, uh, are not originally uh, Hebrew-speaking, said that our widows are not being taken care of. The Hebrew widows are being taken care of. So the disciples... Establish a group of people in order for everybody to be taken care of. But this is the beauty. Everyone around was in awe. And it says that everybody liked what they saw. And they were in harmony, holding everything in common. They were joyful. That's what heaven on earth kind of looks like. So what does heaven on earth, according to scripture, looks like? Revelations 22 gives us a clue. And it says, Then the angel showed me water of life river, crystal bright. It flowed from the throne of God and the Lamb, right down in the middle of the streets. The tree of life was planted on each side of the river, producing 12 kinds of fruits, and ripe fruit each month. The leaves of the tree are for healing of the nations. Never again will anything be cursed. The throne of God and the Lamb is at the center. His servants will offer God service worshiping. They look on his face. Their foreheads mirroring God. Never again will there be any night. No one will need lamplight or sunlight. The shining of God. The master is all the light anyone needs. And they will rule with him age after age. Heaven on earth. So revelations give us a glimpse of what heaven will look like. And, it says all, and there are other passages, all passages say all the nations, every tribe, every tongue. They were all singing together. Perfect harmony. Beautiful. And this one gave us an interesting representation. It doesn't talk about any people. And one of the issues that we have sometimes with revelations is that we look at it literally. We expect that the moment that we die, we're going to see that river. We're going to see those trees. We're going to see that throne. 
But maybe it's not necessarily like that. But it puts a lot of emphasis on water of life river. A lot of emphasis on flowing from the throne. A lot of emphasis from tree of life on each side. Fruit. Leaf for healing. The future looks amazing. Because we tend to see revelations as something that is going to happen in the future. Yet, Scripture has another idea. This is what the psalmist writes. This is a lot of years before Revelation was written. It says, how well God must like you. You don't hang out at sin saloon. You don't slink along dead-end road. You don't go to smart mouth college. Instead, I love this translation. It's awesome. Instead, you trill to God's war. You chew on scripture day and night. You are a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit each month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. So, is the psalmist talking about a future or is talking about a group of people? A group of people. The psalmist is saying, wait a minute. So, if, if we, we, we go to Revelations and we read the psalm, then we think, okay, wait. The psalmist is saying that the people who are following God are these trees. So when Revelations talk about these trees, then it's talking about a group of people. And Revelations and the psalmist are talking about really good fruits. So it's talking about how our life affects the world around us. And Revelations talks about healing, meaning that whatever comes from us, has to produce that effect. Healing. That means that you have been planted in God. If whatever we do does not produce a healing, it's not. We're not planted. This is the thing. So Revelation talks about the future. The psalmist is talking about a group of people, meaning that that representation of the kingdom of God, it might not be something that happens after we die. That representation of the kingdom of God might be something that has to happen right now. When Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is telling us, not only that we need to pray for the kingdom of God to be present on earth, but it's only also telling you, it is happening. Because there is a moment in Scripture says, and this is on Luke 17, Jesus grilled by the Pharisees on when the kingdom of God will come. He answered, the kingdom of God doesn't come by counting the days of the calendar. No when someone says, look here or there it is. And why? Because the kingdom of God is already among you. So, if the psalmist tell us how those that are rooted in God look like, if Jesus is telling us that the kingdom of God is already among us, 
And Revelations is telling us the effect of those that are living and spreading the kingdom of God. We need to figure it out, our role. I do believe that joy is equal to heaven on earth. Because Jesus told them, the kingdom of God is here. He said, it's near, it's here, it's among you. And yet Jesus was tortured, yet Jesus was killed. He resurrected. The disciples went to spread the world one by one. They were killed. The followers of Christ were persecuted. And sometimes we have this idea that, well, that's everything that has to happen for the future kingdom of God to come. But Jesus is telling us that it's here. Heaven on earth happens every time. Heaven on earth does not happen only when we come on Sunday, if it happens when we come on Sunday at church. Doesn't necessarily have to happen on Sunday. It's not exclusive for Sunday. Exclusive for Sunday. There are Sundays that heaven on earth doesn't necessarily happen. Uh, but heaven on earth, there are views of heaven on earth each day of our life in different parts of the world. Where the people, where you have a group of people that gather to think about the rest of the world to think about their surrounding, to think about how can we, that believe in this movement that was started by this man, Jesus, who we believe is God, who was tortured and resurrected, whose followers went all over the place sharing this good news and were killed for it. What should we do? Should we just sit and wait? Or should we recognize that the psalmist already said how we should look like? Jesus said that the kingdom of God is near. And Revelation is giving us a glimpse of the effect that we should have in around the world. So if we don't have in that effect around the world, maybe we're not fully recognizing that the kingdom of God is here. And maybe we are not fully rooted in God. Jehu, when he preached last Sunday, he said, be still and recognize that I am God. Now, that be still doesn't mean necessarily don't do anything. God will make everything happen. To me, it means we need to be still and recognize that, we are, that God is God because we are not God. We are not our God. Our ideas are not God. God has God's own plan. We need to be still and recognize that God is God. From there, we can be able to see heaven around us and we can be present enjoying that heaven, having full joy. But that's not stops there. Because once you're planted, once you're rooted 
in God. Joy happens. And I like, I like this quote from Maya Angelou. When you wish someone joy, you wish them peace, love, prosperity, happiness, all good things. Now, with God, we're not called to wish people happiness. We're called to be participants of making that joy happen. So when you are a person who is called to spread or to grow heaven on earth, you don't wish people peace. You're a peacemaker. You don't wish love. You love people with actions. You don't wish them prosperity. You share prosperity. You don't wish them happiness. You work your way out to try to make people happy. We don't, as, as followers of Christ, we don't wish, we do. You know, somebody, has anybody ever tell you, I'll, I'll be praying, I'll be praying, and inside you feel like, I, I wish you can do, stay praying. And we as Christians, we have become prisoners of that, I'll be praying. Joy equals heaven on earth. And as followers of Christ, we are called to spread that heaven on earth, to make it happen. So, review your life. Review your circle. When you gather with people, are you thinking about the ways that you can spread God's love to the world? Or are you, or you spend time thinking on the ways that you can get away with what you want? To seek your own happiness. Doesn't matter the cost or the person, people you affect. If something we learn of the followers of Christ is that for the sake of spreading heaven on earth, one by one they were murdered. So it's not a very hopeful road for us. But the good thing is that we know that at the end, God is God. The path with Christ doesn't lead us to an early victory. But the path with Christ leads us to live a life with a purpose that we can make other people aware that they are love, that they are part of, and the heaven can be present in the midst of this world. So let me pray. We ask for the supernatural, God. Because we need the supernatural too. In our life, in order to be, to be the tree planted right next to the river so we can bear good fruits. We need the supernatural in order for leaves to bring healing because we've been victims of so much pain and it's so hard for us to heal others when we don't know how to even, what like even being healed means. But 
We want to be trees that are planted next to a river that comes from your throne, meaning that what fills our life, what makes us alive, is your presence. That we can make Jesus' ways our way of life for the sake of your kingdom and for the sake of the world. I ask and I pray for the supernatural so we can, our eyes can be open to see where heaven on earth is happening around us. And God, I pray for the supernatural. I pray for the Holy Spirit to make us aware. Like if we cannot see heaven on earth happening, to give us that kick, to help us starting on making it happening. And I ask for the supernatural for a human side to die so that our pain, that our actions cannot be driven by our pain, that our actions cannot be driven by our understanding of what happiness looks like, but that it can be guided fully by you. And I know, we know, Simply, we know that heaven on earth will be more obvious if we were living up to the greatest commandments, loving you with a whole heart, soul, and mind, and loving our neighbors as ourselves. So I pray for the supernatural to be done with our humanity and that we can enjoy loving you, that we can enjoy loving our neighbors, and that we can stop hurting each other. Your kingdom is here. Jesus, you're here. We want to see it. We want to enjoy it. We want to spread it. Amen.